Stone shop owners from across the Fruited Plain and beyond, this is the Fab Lab Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, fellow fabricators, my name is Aaron Crowley, host of the Fab Lab Podcast. Super, super excited to be tuning in with you for another episode here. Episode 145, The Six Stages, also known as The Six Ds. Perhaps I'm really excited to review this topic today. The topic today, these six stages, I reviewed a few episodes ago in the two episodes related to being redlined. Are you redlined? I talked about these. It was a two-part series, if you will, talking about why we run up against this exhaustion and being overwhelmed and being just burnt out and how that happens at actually six distinct stages of our business trajectory, if you will, as we develop, as we evolve as owners and as leaders and as managers in the business, we we hit these stages and we then break through to the next stage. And then in some cases we break through to the next stage, but sometimes we get stuck at a stage and the business though grows beyond that. I call that the momentum of success when the business actually expands or grows past our ability to manage at any given stage the 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 pace and what is required of the owner to sustain the business in that odd state where the management isn't adequate for the sales volume the business owner steps up makes up the difference works a lot of hours applies a lot of themselves just full 100% all in but over time that sense of it's like running an engine, you know, in the red line at, a, at an RPM that it's never the engine is never intended to operate at in a sustained manner. Over time, you just fry the engine, you burn it up, <laughs> the thing warps the the block, and then you got a bunch of repairs to do. And so, in this episode, for a couple of reasons, uh, I felt it relevant to actually just focus on this one more time in one single episode kind of as a follow-up and a reflection from the last three episodes talking about taking time off, how to do that and why it's so important, how to begin taking time off, taking an hour for lunch where it's uninterrupted, then taking a day, then maybe eventually taking a week off and how to set the business up in such a way. Well, if you're in that red line state, if you're at one of these stages that you're operating from, management style, but the business has grown beyond that, it's really, really hard to take time off because the business requires so much of you to maintain, to keep things going. And so I just thought that, you know, it's one thing to say, hey, take time off. But if you find yourself in one of these stages where the business is beyond it and it's actually, it may not just be as simple as taking the time off. You may need to actually step back a little bit and assess what stage am I at and has the business grown Beyond that, and so I'm just going to run through these six stages today. There's a lot of hope. There's a lot of clarity. There's a lot of just light being shed on our situations, and sometimes we're so deep in the situation, it's hard to discover. It's hard to realize. It's not real obvious where we're at and how we found ourselves in this position, but this podcast, this episode, is intended to be just one of those moments where you can pause and reflect, assess, maybe look in the mirror a little bit, maybe step back out of the business and just assess the business a little bit and go, at what stage am I at? And is it possible that I'm running at redline? And uh, if I don't correct that, if I either don't back the business off a little bit, back down into a manageable state relative to the management stage, it may be a little harder to take that time off. Or maybe what is necessary is to grow out of that stage, not necessarily the, the business growing out of it, but you growing into the next stage of business professionalism, 
development and excellence in terms of how you see the business and how you manage it. And so the six stages, going to just rattle them off here real quick as kind of an overview, and then we'll get into each one. So fellow fabricator, stone shop owner, this is this is relevant. In fact, this came up in a coaching call yesterday, and then it came up yet again in a different call today with the different actually prospective client. And so six stages, the six Ds. Number one, the doer stage. Number two, the director stage. Number three, the dictator stage, which is the stage most people are most familiar with and where most people get stuck. But here I'm already getting ahead of myself. The fourth stage is the delegator stage, the stage I talk about a little bit occasionally here on the Fab Lab podcast. Stage five is the discipler. The last stage, stage six, is the dreamer. And when I say there's a lot of hope in this podcast, when you see what the next stage provides for you and you ultimately see at the end, moving into that dreamer stage, it's just, it's exciting. It's fun. It's worth pursuing. So let's get into what these six stages mean. A little bit of elaboration at each one so you can kind of assess where you're at looking in the mirror, stepping out of the business, looking at the business, and just kind of find uh, your place in this six stages. And so the doer, the doer stage is the place where a lot of tradespeople, a lot of craftsmen begin. You know, they've got a great skill, and so they go into business and they apply that skill doing all the work. They do it all. They sell the job. They schedule the job. They template the job. They cut the job. They might program the machine that mills the job. They polish the job, and then they take somebody with them to install the job. And then they collect the money, and then they personally go down to the bank and deposit it. So they're doing everything. That's the doer stage. And if you can think of it like this, a surgeon, highly skilled, highly trained, excellent at his or her craft, and yet in an operating room setting, the surgeon doesn't it doesn't make sense to have that surgeon who has all of that expertise all of that education it's a waste of his expertise and education to walk across the operating room to grab a scalpel and then you know you see these scenarios in movies scalpel scalpel needle needle suture suture whatever the tools are those assistants those folks that are in that operating room are facilitating the surgeon the doer, so that they can do that job with maximum efficiency and maximum you know, impact. And so that's the stage that a lot of business owners get to. They get three, four, five employees, and those employees do what they say. Go get me that tool. Go pick up that backsplash. Go, I don't know, mix the glue. Whatever the task may be, the surgeon, if you will, the doer, is, is, is doing the work but has assistance, has those nurses, if you will, uh, those gophers is maybe another way to look at that, to leverage and to maximize and to multiply that skill and that experience and that expertise. It can be an extraordinarily fulfilling and profitable stage to operate at. It can be even euphoric. I mean, it can be, uh, I can remember looking back and, and longing for the days when I, unfortunately, my business model at the time wouldn't permit me to shrink the business that much, but it was a it was a memorable stage, and it's a good stage. Here's the challenge, as I mentioned in previous episodes, the momentum of success. Sometimes that works so well 
that the business grows. And I mean, it's just natural. Growth is success and success is really exciting. And so as the business grows, you take on more work and, and, and you do that until the doer stage, you know, it really doesn't work anymore. You've got to have competent people. The workload now and the commitments made to the customer require you to move into the director stage. And, and perhaps you're doing less of the work. Maybe you're retaining a few of the really key most often, I see this all the time, estimating and templating are typically the last two tasks that that owner that used to do everything, typically they'll retain those and maybe a couple other, maybe programming the machine. But over time, those assistants, those nurses, those gophers develop into skilled craftsmen in their own right within the context of the business and the business grows. And the owner is now doing more directing than doing also a very, very wonderful place to be. It's it's euphoric. Maybe now you got seven, eight, nine, ten employees, and people go, "Wow, you got ten employees. That's a that's a big deal." Man, well done. It is a very heady stage to be in, and it can work really well. But here's one of the challenges. Again, that momentum of success can carry right on through that stage. And I've found over time. In fact, I talked to a fabricator today. It's uncanny, a million and a half in sales and about 10 employees. Not to say that that's universal, but it's a very common ceiling that people run up against in this director stage. You find there's only enough hours in the day to direct so many. It's just not practical to to direct any more people. Typically, in that director stage, you become the hub. Even though you're doing some of the work, you become the central location for information and decision-making. Um, you're kind of the grease that keeps the gears, you know, operating. And it works. You're firing off information. You're answering questions. You're dealing with issues. You know, at the same time, you're going out and doing templates. And in the afternoon, you're doing quotes and firing those out and putting jobs on the schedule. It, it's, it's intense. It's busy. can be quite profitable. Um, but it can begin to strain. And it can be a... Kind of a, a place that you get that then you can't work yourself out of. And it, and it reminds me of a situation that we had last week. was out of town with my boys and my brothers. We were all elk hunting up in the uh, the mountains of eastern Oregon. And we went into town to have lunch one afternoon. Got tired of our own cooking. Sat down. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can actually segue this into two different points here. So as we're sitting at this table, it was a bar. They put us in the dining room all by ourselves because my nephew and my two boys are 21 so they stuck us back in this in this restaurant kind of uh, um area all by ourselves and it appeared it turned out to be the owner and then a new um i guess waitress was coming back there taking our order bringing us our food filling up our drinks etc cetera, etc cetera. and we were in the back absolutely cracking up so here's where the segue number one happens so we got back into town had internet uh, the director of marketing at no lift starts sending me these memes which I guess leads me to a moment from our sponsor, No Lift Install System. So Wes is texting me these these memes, and if you haven't seen them, I would recommend that you go to noliftsystem.com, go to the bottom of the page. It's kind of obscure. It's not real prominent. We put a lot of memes out on social media, TikTok, Instagram, 
you name it, we're putting, you know, Facebook, we're putting memes out there and they are hilarious. Well, we've got some other memes that maybe aren't quite fit for consumption in that setting. And so we post those on our website. We have a meme page that's kind of hard to find. You go to the bottom of the first page, you'll find it. Anyway, we start looking at these memes and, and the boys my 12-year-old son, my 18-year-old son, and my nephew, who's 20, they start coming up with their own memes. And they're, I mean, they're just roaring. In fact, we were all laughing so hard that the owner of the restaurant and the secretary, or not the secretary, the waitress came out of the bar. It was like, what's going on back here? And we were absolutely just busting the gut. And out of that, these two ideas that my oldest son and my nephew came up with sent those back to No Lift's director of marketing. And he actually... I thought these are too inappropriate. These these cannot be done. He actually created them, and they are on the No Lift install system meme page. So visit NoLiftSystem.com if you want to laugh. I mean, if you want to crack up, if you want to see some stuff that's borderline, like uh, politically incorrect, but just telling some really profound truths with a lot of humor, go to NoLiftSystem.com. Check out that meme page. I guarantee it. I promise you, you will be entertained, and you might even be offended. So with that, let me segue back into my second point that I wanted to make out of this. As we were leaving, I don't know, we've been up there three or four days and, and we finally went to the restaurant and I think it was Thursday. I asked the owner, this lady who was taking my money as we were paying on the way out. And I said, Hey, are you guys open through the weekend? And she's like, well, no, I'm not. Uh, I, I've, I've got to the point, the season, the summer, they have a lot of activities in this little small town. And she says, I got to get away for a couple of days. And so for this owner of this restaurant and bar, getting away for a couple of days required her to actually shut the restaurant down, to shut the bar down. And that is a place that a lot of people find themselves in this director stage when they are the central hub, when they are the grease for the gears, if you will. Things cannot continue if they're not there. And I suspect that this lady, she kind of had that hunted look on her face like it's been such an exhausting summer. I'm to the point I literally have to step away, but to step away it requires that I shut the restaurant down. And I was like, oh, wow. Well, you know, I hope you have hope you get some rest and I hope you have a good time. You know, I guess we won't be coming back to the restaurant. <laughs> and we didn't because uh, it wasn't open because it sounds like this lady perhaps is stuck in that mode where the team can't function without her. The information can't flow without her. The decisions can't be made without her. And so she either has to stay there forever or she has to shut the restaurant down to get a couple of days off. Not uncommon in the, in the stone industry too. If everything hinges upon you as the director, if everybody's waiting on you to tell them what the next job to cut is or to answer that question or to make that judgment call or to provide that bit of information, you know, at a certain point, while it's working, it works. But the point at which it becomes too much, then you can't stop. You've created this system that requires you to be there for it to work. And that's where the third stage oftentimes happens. The longer somebody is, is in that situation, that sense of futility, that sense of being trapped, like, oh, I've created kind of a monster here. I'm the, this thing cannot work without me because I'm the director. I'm the one directing traffic, and I'm the one preventing, you know, providing all the answers. That's where stage three oftentimes occurs, the dictator stage. In the dictator stage, nothing really changes in terms of the practical management of the business or the way in which it is managed. The only thing that changes is the toll that it takes on you, the owner. 
the fatigue, that frustration. You can do that. For, you can drive the engine redlined for a while, but at a certain point, it, it's just simply not sustainable. And that's where a lot of people hit the ceiling. They, they become disillusioned at the dictator stage. They also become short-tempered, intolerant, impatient, angry, and, and their view of the business can, can change. They can grow to actually resent this great business that they've built because they can't escape it. And then it's just like Groundhog Day every day. The same problems, the same issues, the same question. I've answered that question. If I have to answer that question one more time, conversation I had with a fabricator two days ago if I have to tell a contractor one more time to have the sink at the template I'm gonna lose my mind it was kind of the I get it I have been there it's very relatable it's very very interesting and it's very common fellow fabricator you don't know how nearly universal that experience is. For someone who is at that director stage for an extended period of time, they move into the dictator stage in a fun place to be. Even if the business in financial terms is successful, you find that you can't operate at that stage forever. And so that's the real challenge. In the last, you know, when I talked about these in the two redlined episodes, I kind of broke it off there. And then, because it is kind of a natural breaking point. Many, 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 many people run up against that ceiling because the next stage is, it's significant. It's a much more difficult transition from dictator to delegator than it is from doer to director or from director to dictator. Those things kind of happen naturally. They sort of happen by osmosis they they becoming a delegator requires great intention it requires sacrifice it requires big choices in terms of deciding i'm no longer going to run the business like that or i i i recognize i have to do something different and that requires a choice the move into the delegator stage two things have to change you got to change the way you think about the business. You got to change the way you think about your employees. You kind of have to change the way you think about everything. You got to change the way you think about what's possible. You got to change the way you think about what you can trust to your staff. What is safe? What can you risk? What kind of risks are are, are prudent and, and likely to end well? That's the first side of you know, the way you, you change in the way you think, but you also have to change the way you manage and in delegation. It's, it's pretty simple. It's, it's communicating. It is essentially, instead of becoming the hub, you begin to proactively, intentionally set your staff up. The people that you've been directing, by communicating your expectations, by assigning tasks, defining results, and designing operations, you allow them individually in those tasks and overall in the business to basically provide those answers to each other every step of the process. Over time, instead of people coming to you for what job to cut next, the system tells them what to cut next. Or the previous position, when they finish their task, the result is that that is set up in place for the next person to pick it up and continue. You schedule it and deliver the slabs. You go template. You receive the drawings. You program the machine, and now you get the program and you get the parts that are cut. The system, in a sense, once that delegation begins to take place, the burden on the owner to provide all that information or that instruction or that direction 
becomes less necessary. And the more that you delegate, the less necessary you become <clears throat> for the business to continue to operate and to continue to function. And that is where that time off is really exciting, where you can get an hour away, you can get a day away, you can get a week away. You can get three weeks away, a month away. I'm aiming at a year. I'll just stop right here, fellow fabricator, and tell you one of my dreams. And maybe we'll do a series of podcasts on this. I've got some stages. I've been pursuing sailing for a number of years now. I got a couple of stages that I've got marked out. The first big stage is like spending a month, like the month of January, down in the Sea of Cortez on a sailboat. Maybe my own sailboat. Maybe we charter it. But from there... I want to make it maybe a couple of months out of the year and then eventually maybe two or three months in a row. And ultimately, when it's all said and done, fellow fabricator, I want to take a year or two off before my little kids, my youngest three, are too old and maybe sail for a couple of years. So that ain't going to happen next year. <laughs> it probably won't happen the year after that. But I have set my sights on an outcome, and I guess we'll, I'm jumping ahead to the sixth stage here, the dream stage. So the delegator stage sets up these next two. It's that pivotal. It's a, it is a defining separation from two different management philosophies, the doer, the director, the dictator, into the delegator. And the delegator sets up what's next, the discipler. Even a delegator, still there are still exceptions. There are still anomalies. There are still... You know, things you can't systemize. You can't possibly script every conversation with every customer. You know, so your salespeople, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, there, there, there's, there's got to be something else that undergirds the operation because you still are going to have to be there occasionally to, to, to speak to those exceptions, to the rule. And that's where the discipler stage kicks in. You move out of delegation as you begin to delegate. That's the how the work gets done. That's you just it's, it's it's not transactional in a sense, but it's kind of black and white. Tasks are performed. Tasks are assigned to positions. Results are defined, measured by standards, measurable standards. Operations are created. Steps for people to follow to produce the result. And as those results are more and more commonly produced, the business becomes more and more predictable. It becomes more and more calm. The rhythm is established. There's more of a synergy, there's more of a rhythm, there's more of a groove that the business gets into, and it gets easier to manage. But the next stage from delegation is beginning to disciple, and I use that as a biblical term. Jesus had the 12 disciples, and he taught them. They spent three years with him before he left the earth, and he left them to carry on the work that he had started. And the same thing for us as owners, we can do something very similar. And I don't mean to be sacrilegious here or take that lightly. But what I mean is, is we can, we can have more than just employees. We can have really disciples who have adopted not just the technical execution of those tasks at the operating level, but they can also assume our vision, our mission for the business, and they can share our values. That's the next stage. When you have spent time with those key staff in your business, or in some cases, maybe it's everybody in your business, and you've worked with them long enough and you have intentionally, and this is this is the hallmark of the discipler stage, you have to have a vi stated vision. You have to have a stated mission. You have to have stated values. And you as the owner, as the leader, you have to be living by those mission, vision, and values over time and speaking to them and pointing back, hey, 
Well, what do you guys think relative to our mission? What decision would you guys make in this situation? Oh, well, actually, that's the point at which those exceptions even require you less. And you can take more and more time off because as your key team, as your key players, as we refer to them in the in no lift, it's the key players team at my countertop company, Crowley's Granite Concepts. It was the management team. That was the term that we had for that group of people that ran the operating level business. Over time, they can adopt and assume and assimilate the mission, the vision, and the values. And so it becomes less of a question. Well, we got to go to the owner for this one. Well, do you? If we're all operating off of the same mission, the same vision, and the same values, maybe you don't need me quite as much as you thought you did. And over time, as those values are played out and you can see how they can be transferred and you can see how there is that latitude that goes beyond the technical. Hey, here's what I say when I qualify a customer that wants a countertop quote. That can be scripted and that's just kind of a task that you perform and execute. And it produces a result, I might add. Higher qualified leads that result in more sales. But I digress. The mission, the vision, and the values are what carry over for those, those scenarios where there isn't a script where there isn't a protocol, there isn't a process in place. You can't process everything. Even a franchise, the most successful franchise in the world, can't systemize everything. You can't write a script. I'm telling you, customers don't ever follow the script. So you can't have a scripted response. You got to have a mission. You got to have vision. You got to have values that are shared and conveyed and adopted and assimilated by your key staff so that they can step into that role in those exceptions, there actually is a central place for them to go. And instead of it being you as the hub, they go to the mission, the vision, the values. What do we do here in this exception? There ain't no protocol for this one. What are we going to do? Well, the mission and the vision and the values will speak to that. And once that's in place, once those values are shared, then you can move into this what is the most unbelievable most exciting, the dreamer stage, stage six, the dreamer stage. Now, this can apply in two different dimensions of the business. It can apply within the business in terms of, wow, the engine's running. It's at an optimal RPM. It's not redlined. It's not sluggish. It's not like about to stall out. It's running because it doesn't rely on you. You're not the hub anymore. Delegation, the tasks are clear. The system is working. The rhythm's been established. The mission, the vision, the values are clear. That affords an owner enormous latitude to dream up the next thing. What are we going to do next? What's the next market we're going to serve? What's the next innovation we're going to bring to the markets we already serve? What's the next opportunity available to us as a team? Wow, we've got that going. What now? Well, you have the latitude. When you are in it so deep at any of these other stages... It's hard to step back and assess opportunities. It's hard to contemplate and evaluate what you do next. What do we do next year? Hey, we got some things on the horizon. We may want to consider those things. At the dreamer stage, you can do that. You got time. You got latitude. The business does not rely on you 8, 10, 12 hours a day to just get the jobs done and get paid. You got the time to dream the next iteration the next state, maybe a different business altogether. Maybe there's something that you have solved in that business, fellow fabricator. You've got an absolutely phenomenal solution to a problem that maybe every other fabricator on the face of the earth deals with. 
now you got that business right. This happens over this I could kind of run I could run off through a pretty long list of people that have done this, actually. Quite a few of them are coming to mind as I think. There are solutions that may materialize and develop into completely separate business units. Talk about exciting. That's exactly what I did with Fabricator's Friend. It's what I ended up doing with No Lift Install System. It's what I'm doing with the coaching right now. Having the business run without me affords a lot of latitude to bring more value to the marketplace, to not just bring more value to your customers that you're currently serving, maybe to bring value to customers you never thought about serving like your fellow fabricators. <laughs> it's pretty exciting. So you can dream within the business. What's possible? Imagining things that maybe weren't even ever considered before. Pretty exciting. Then there is the dreaming outside the business. Perhaps you don't dream about spending two years on a sailboat. My wife hasn't quite adopted that dream yet. I'll say there's, we're, we're working towards that baby steps. She's been taking sailing classes with me. We've been systematically and slowly gaining those ASA American sailing association designations that will ultimately, the last one I got to get is the one Oh four bear boat and the one fourteen catamaran. I intend to do that either this December or this January. I'll be a week away down in La Paz, Mexico, getting those designations so that next fall for anniversary, it's our 25th anniversary. My wife has bought into this, a week away, the two of us on a catamaran that we're sailing because we've got the designations and the qualifications to go down there and do that. Just baby steps. It might be another couple of years before I can afford to buy one of those boats and have down there in La Paz so that I can go down there with the family for a month or two. But that's the dream. And there are other dreams. But I truly, fellow fabricator, hear me when I say this, I can truly see now and, and the understanding and the belief that that's possible informs how I make decisions within the business. It, it, it fuels on one hand and it also informs on the other hand, how do we set this business up? If I'm going to be away for a week in December or January, the business has got to run without me. If I'm going to be gone for a week next fall, and I take a lot more time off than that. But if I'm going to take a couple months off, you know, maybe a couple years from now, well, the business may have to look different. The decisions that I make today may take time to get to the point to where that is possible and then to be gone for a couple of years. Wow, what does that look like? But I absolutely believe it's possible. I absolutely believe that dream stage is, is an amazing place to be. So, fellow fabricator, those are the six stages the doer stage, the director stage, the dictator stage, the delegator stage, the discipler stage, and most exciting, the dreamer stage. So fellow fabricator, I am so glad that you tuned into this episode. I want to ask you a question. You can find yourself redlined at every one of these stages. At any stage, you can be wore out, burnt out, and just isolated and tired. And if you're isolated in that burnout stage, it is a very, very lonely place to be. That's why I offer 90-minute complimentary coaching sessions for fabricators like you that find yourself in that situation. I'm very familiar with it. First-hand experience, fellow fabricator. Coaching, high-level coaching, 90 minutes of single-mindedly focusing on what's going on in your life and in your business can create an environment where massive revelations, massive insights can be attained. Massive perspective can be gained, fellow fabricator. So if you would like to take 90 minutes and sit down with me one-on-one -on -one over Zoom where we can talk about what's going on in your business, maybe it's burnout, 
Maybe it's a huge opportunity that you want to pursue. I would invite you to visit the show notes. No strings attached. Complimentary. My gift to you. 90 minutes on a coaching call. Visit the show notes. Click the link. Answer a few questions about your business. I will reach out to you and we will get that call scheduled. That's part of my dream stage. I have a business that affords me the time to do a fair amount of that, to have quite a bit of latitude, to have a lot of really, really meaningful conversations with fabricators just like you. I hope you'll go to the show notes and click that link, and I look forward to hearing from you. Fellow fabricators, so, so appreciate this relationship that we have here and the opportunity to serve you in this podcast uh, format, if you will. And so just know this, there'll be another podcast next week. In the meantime, happy fabricating.